0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Good morning. I'm not Jason. If you got here late, this is an awkward moment for you. Um, are they amazing, that team? I know I work with them so... Um, I know what's going on behind the scenes, and I know their heart, and when we're practicing and worshiping, it is such a gift and a blessing. Okay, so um, some of the things that I do that you don't know that I do, (laughs) that I'm going to share with you, some things I'm not going to share with you, I am a life coach, Um, I know it's totally weird, I'll explain it to you later, Um, but I have clients, and they call me, and they run things by me, and they meet with me, and... It's like a mentoring kind of interesting thing. And as part of my job as a life coach, I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions. You know, the popular thing to say is, oh, they're just a waste of time. You know, no one keeps them. I don't care. I love every opportunity to reevaluate what's important to me. I have areas of my life that are my top five or six and sometimes I'm not doing them very well. So I love that moment to stop and reassess and say, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? Where do I wanna work on things? It doesn't happen by accident. You know, you kinda just roll through your life and you all know what that's like. You go from Sunday to Sunday, you're like, what happened? What did I do? I didn't do what I intended to do. I wanted to work on this and I didn't work on this. So the reason I'm sitting here today is because of my New Year's resolution. One of the ones I will share with you was, when God puts something in front of me, I'm gonna to try to say yes. So I'm innocently recovering from a cold eating pizza with my super hot husband Thursday night for his birthday. And my phone goes off and it says, from Jason, will you teach for me Sunday? <laughs> you, you sent this to the wrong person. I texted him back and he's like, uh, No, I sent it to you. And I look at Jeff, and all of a sudden, I got a big lump right here. I can't eat anything I ordered. He's looking at me, and he sees this. I'm going, I can't. It's Sunday morning. I'm a girl. You know, it's like it's the sacred, (laughs) you know, the sacred moment. And I was like, and Jeff looks at me for a minute because he knows me so well, and he's my best friend. He lets me process, and I sit there picking at my Greek salad going, so I compose my email to Jason where I say, thank you, but I'm feeling really bad. I've had a cold. I'm not bouncing back very well. It's awkward. It's Sunday morning. I'm a girl. And, um, and so as I'm composing it, I was like, who wants to be that girl? The girl that writes to the guy with a burn dressing, over 15% of his body laying there. go, I'm not feeling well, so I don't want to do it for him, so. <laughs> So I was like, okay. And then my husband is so awesome. He knows me so well. He's my coach. And he goes, sweetie, you got this. I was like, okay, but I need to sleep first, you know. So that's how I ended up here, the most reluctant uh, Sunday morning speaker in a while. Um, The other, I have a lot of weird jobs, okay. So one of my other jobs is I go to Paige Robbins and I lead... (laughs) They say it's um, Bible study, and it ends up being worship songs, and then Bible study and devotionals, the kind of thing. So I was filling in for the hour-long person this week, so it's a lot of singing. And I'm a preacher's kid, and my grandpa was a preacher. My great-grandpa was a preacher. My mom, like, played the organ and the piano back you know, the way it was in the New Testament where the piano was here and the organ was over there and we sang in the middle. So they want to sing all these old songs from the hymn book. So that's what I'm doing on Wednesday. And excuse me for drinking because I I am recovering from a cold. It's not a burn, but you know. Um, So they want to sing and one of the songs that they come to is one of my favorites. I did not put the words up for you. But it's the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Have you guys, do you guys know that, right? Because it's the, in the hymn book that Jesus used. Um, and it says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The next verse starts out, are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? So as I'm singing with my friends who may or may not remember what I said, because that's that's that audience, I have this visual, because this is how I work, especially when I'm singing worship songs. This visual comes to me of how often I forfeit the peace that God's promised me because I don't take it to him in prayer. I think I've got it, right? And I think we all do that. I think that we're like, okay, like you're here on Sunday morning. You got this, God. I'm gonna do this. I trust you. We just sang that awesome song about I trust you, I trust you, (laughs) but you're like me. We're like this. So this is our, this is what we do. See this? This is what I'm cumbered with that I carry around with me. You guys have them too, okay? And so what goes in here is all the stuff that I think that I can't trust God with, right? So I started and I was like, these are my worries. I'm worried about my kids. Are they going to turn out? Are they really going to grow up to throw themselves down in the aisle at the grocery store where I have to walk out without my groceries? I'm worried about my marriage. I'm worried about my job. And this bag just gets more and more full. And then i got my fears. Fear of death, fear of sickness, fear of illness, and all the stuff that I'm carrying. And so I do that. Like I start in the morning and I think, okay, I have my quiet time and all of you that have been in my house have been in my Starbucks room. And that's the coffee quiet time room. So I sit there my quiet time. I'm like, Lord, I give it to you. I trust you. I trust that you can handle everything that's in my bag. So I'm going to start my day with making, making, well, I'm going to start my day making breakfast for my family. And so, oh, okay, Lord, I've given it back to you. Got it. You got it and then i gotta get in the car i gotta stuff this thing in the car with me because i'm trying to drive and i got more stuff i want to add to it because as the day goes on there's more stuff to worry about that person who doesn't like me <laughs> that my jeans don't fit like they did before christmas the fact that my husband and i haven't talked eye to eye in two weeks the fact that stuff's happening in secrets. like what what's going on and we carry it and then if you're a mom you grab other people's bags. She's like, I'm going to take this bag for my husband, and I'm going to take this bag for my kids. And pretty soon, this is how we're walking around. We, we're talking like we got it all together, but we have this weighted heart with junk. When you got here this morning, <laughs> trying to talk to people, we're all bouncing our bags of junk against each other because it flavors everything we say and everything we think. So I know that you tried to leave it in the car when you got here today, but <laughs> it didn't work. You didn't leave it in the car, right? You thought, I'd bring it in because maybe someone's going to say something to hurt my feelings or, you know, say a scripture that like, and I might need to put some anger in there. So then you tried to leave it out there in the lobby. There's a lot of bags out there in the lobby. I see them. And then some of you, it's like your purse or your cell phone. I can't get too far from my bag. I got to carry it with me. So here's what happens. This bag of stuff, it also makes noise. You know what it does? It whispers. It whispers stuff like, Who do you think you are? Don't you think I know what you did in secret that you think no one knows? You don't get to go to church and worship. You're disqualified. Oh, they want you to teach? Don't you remember what you did that stupid time in high school? Or the secrets from last night when you were alone on the computer. You know that stuff you did? You don't get to even come in here. You don't get to worship. You don't get to take part in the Lord's Supper. You don't get to be forgiven. And that bag just whispers lies to us. And the longer it sits there, the more anxious we become. It becomes an anxiety. So I have a, one of my clients who's been struggling recently with anxiety. She asked me to do the U version. One of the U-Version study plans on overcoming anxiety. So get your Bible out or your phone. if you're doing U-Version, we're going to use the message today. Um, did you know there's study plans on the U-Version? It's great. When you're having um, a, a challenge finding something that you want to do, they have tons of subjects. And so I just happen to be like, listen to me. Like, that's not true. That was God's plan. I'd been doing this study for two weeks because, you know, God knew I was going to need to sit here this morning. So I got to do these great scriptures. We're going to go through a few of them together. When you, how many of you guys use version? Okay, well, let me just tell you some good reasons to use version. It's always with you. When you do a study... Um, Anytime you do a study, when you highlight it, it saves it. So when I was coming back through, it's like visiting an old friend. It's like it's highlighted, I've got notes. I'm like, oh my word, I remember this. I remember what this verse meant to me. I personally am a big fan of the message because it's how we talk today. You don't realize it sometimes if you've grown up in the church or you spent a lot of years in the church that we say really weird words. And when you're talking to someone and you're trying to reach someone who doesn't know Christ, they hear words like that and they're like, what? <laughs> What's that mean? Sanctification? Does it hurt? Um, they, Bible words are strange in our culture. So I do my really, my best to get to the message as often as I can. And then you know what? I'm just not that complicated anymore. I want it just laid out in plain English. Okay. Emily, you ready? Let's do Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'll give you a minute to find it. And like I said, I'm going to have it up here in the message. I just love this. Mm. This is good stuff. Okay. You ready? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. (laughs) What a novel concept, right? Much, most, many of us would just rather worry because it's so much more fun. <laughs> this is so awesome. This was written for me, but I'm going to share it with you. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down is that awesome is that just the most awesome picture in your mind that here i am like a worry is like knitting i'm like working on it i'm worrying and he's like stop stop let it become a prayer and my sense of wholeness will come down on you and settle you down it's wonderful the last part of the verse what happens when christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that awesome? I love that. I know a lot of prayer fretters. You know prayer fretters? They're the ones who, like, they live for the prayer list. They also, this is another lesson for another day, but they cross over and become prayer gossipers. You know them? It's like, well, we need to pray for her because blah, 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 blah. It's like, stop. Stop. Well, a prayer fretter is a worrier. You know, by the time they've told you the prayer request, you're like, I think I need something. (laughs) They've made me so anxious because they don't really trust. And we're all like that. We all do that. We all go through seasons of our life where we're like, I really trust him. He's got this. And then we take it back and worry over it. So really be aware this week as you start looking at your prayer time and at your what's in your bag. Are you fretting? Are you praying? Psalm 34, 4. If you got a Bible, your thumbs will be like on Psalms. If you hold your Bible. I teach kids, I'm sorry. But, you know, the Psalms is in the middle if you're holding a real Bible. Psalm 34, 4. I love this. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. What an amazing promise. Okay, Psalm 55. 22 and 23. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. But you, God, will throw the others into a muddy bog, cut the lifespan of assassins and traitors in half, and I trust in you. So I like this. Leave it up there, Emily, because assassins and traitors, most of us don't kind of run into that on a daily basis. You know, David, you know, as the songwriter, he had assassins and traitors in his life. But you know who the assassins and traitors are for us? Those dark thoughts are trying to take us down. And you know who's the author of every lie in that bag? It's Satan. Satan. And we don't talk about him, and that's a Bible name, and there's just no other way to name it. He is prowling about like a lion seeking to devour me, and you, and your marriage, and your kids. If you don't start taking that seriously, knowing that that bag is not just trivia, that is a tool that he wants to use to take us down. To defeat us. To keep us from being what God wants us to be. To keep us from speaking truth. To keep us from having relationships that he would have for us. The most awesome kind of relationships. Satan is seeking to take us down. But we're not going to let him. That's why we come here. To be strengthened. To be together. To gain confidence. And when my bag gets in between us, you're going to take that bag and say, I got it put it down. I see you're carrying your bag, put it down. I see you're believing a lie, don't believe it. We're not going to let him take us down. Just two more verses. I know I'm going I'm to not be for very long, so don't worry. You're going to get to the Mexican food place in time. Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. Oh, this is so good. I love this. Are you there, Matthew? It's like the first one on the right side of your Bible. That's the New Testament. Matthew. Oh, this is so good. 28 through 30. Are you tired? <laughs> Worn out? Now, let me just stop a second. I can't help it. This is how my brain works. I'm immediately thinking of the I Love Lucy commercial for VitaVegemin. Do you guys remember that old? Are you tired? <laughs> I'm sorry, I digress. Okay. Are you tired? worn out everybody says amen burned out on religion ouch is that what we're doing here sometimes sometimes I'm going through the motions I want you to punch that card that I, I taught the class I led worship I spoke to somebody it's you know because I'm gonna do the right things so it does become religion sometimes I have to go whoa stop me that's not who I want to be Listen, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Does that just sound awesome? It's like you're sitting on the spiritual lawn chair on the beach. (laughs) Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love this promise. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keeping company with him, it's not what happens when you're here. We're keeping company with each other. We have a moment where we're worshiping, a moment where we're in scripture. Keeping company is day in and day out. If I love you and you're my friend, I'm talking to you, I'm calling you, I'm having coffee with you, that's how you keep company with someone. If that's something you need to work on, start, make your resolution. I'm going to make a change because I don't want my life to look like religion. I want my life to look like I'm keeping company with the Heavenly Father. I can't wait to get to that time in the morning where I can shut everything out, and take that rest. Because the rest isn't like a magic pill. The rest and the peace and the comfort comes when you read his truth and you believe it and you trust it and you drop your bag. That's when the good stuff comes. I have one last verse for you. Matthew six thirty four. Oh, this is so good too. You should highlight this, by the way, in your... Bible. And, you're, and if you do you version, you get all kinds of colors. So I have colors for me. I have colors for clients. I have colors for people that don't know that they have a color. And I highlight those verses. So you, diff, you need to highlight this one. Just trust me. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. No. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I love planning. I'm just planning. I'm not worrying. <laughs> I'm planning. I'm making, a, you know, a goal. I'm, I'm fretting, I'm fretting. <laughs> I want to look ahead. That's how I work. And God is constantly reminding me one day. One day at a time. Ah, I love that. Some of my people um, that deal with anxiety, I have an exercise that I do with them. I have done this exercise. (laughs) Some of my clients have called me, and I've been in the Target shopping center, (laughs) the parking lot. You know, I'm out there like they're going to think I'm on crack. But I'm in the parking lot doing this exercise. I have had people call me at very strange times when they're having struggles with anxiety. So this is one of my exercises I do with them, and um, it's not magic either, but it's very interesting what happens. Now, if we were at a ladies' retreat and you would like come to hear me, I would tell you, "Put your stuff down and do this, but I'm not going to get bossy because I'm a guest here, but you could put your stuff down and do this, if you would like. Put your feet on the floor, both feet on the floor. So when you're feeling anxious, there's this thing that I know some of the men are going, no, it's not like Simon says, I'm not going to penalize you. Okay, they're like, move, I don't want to move, it's okay. I'm not sending you as a missionary to India, I'm just asking you to put your feet on the floor. So you put your feet on the floor, because you're supposed to feel grounded when you're feeling anxious, then you put your hand on your chest, you breathe, feel it, something weird happens. When you put your hand right there, you feel your insides, and you can almost like, because I'm speaking, I'm going my heart's going boom, 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 boom. So I feel myself calming. And then I have I've had a lot of nights where I'm talking to someone who is also in their car, and I say, What I want you to do is I want you to start speaking what's true, not what you're afraid of, not your irrational things. So in this moment, I want you to take a breath, and I want you to say, I'm alive I'm safe I'm loved I'm forgiven I am not my sin I can take every thought captive I am enough He loves me As long as there is breath in me, I can show him how much I love him. I can start again. My sins have been washed clean. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. Those are the realities. And then as a Christian, you know, because that's how I rock. I have that, the hand goes up. He, I start with I because, you know, that's how we roll. We're selfish. He, He is good. This is also true. He is good when there's nothing good in me. He is love. He is light. He is hope. He is peace. He is true. He is joy. He is life. He keeps His promises. Amen? Mm. So last week, no, between Christmas and New Year's, I had 14 people at my house for seven days. So I, I made a lot of food over that holiday and one of the things I'm famous for is my pancake dance party because I get my griddle out and I get all my pans and everybody comes out and we do the pancake dance party (laughs) so I've got nephews and nieces that are younger and like Angela we're gonna do the pancake dance party like yeah we are but no pictures can show up on Facebook um so I have a nephew and a niece. Gabriel is six. He looks like a cherub from heaven. Anna is eight, and she thinks she is going to be my boss someday, and I think she might be my boss someday. So I'm serving breakfast, and I have a great big table in my dining room, and they all love it because I don't have a kid's table. Everybody gets to come sit together. So they all come in and sit down, and... uh, I, Gabriel comes and he goes, Aunt Angela, you know, I need more pancakes. Will you help me with my pancakes? And, you know, cut the food and all yada yada. I don't have to cut his food anymore, so it's the only time I get to do that. I take Gabriel in and I sit Gabriel down with his sister, Anna. Then I go back to what I'm doing and all of a sudden and, and I come in, I'm like, what, what happened? Gabriel. She said that I have to get out of here. And I said, oh, sorry. I said, oh, Anna, we don't talk like that in my house. We talk with love. Well, my brother is great dad. He's on it, right? He's immediately, Anna, she goes up to the chamber of discipline upstairs. <laughs> so she's gone for a while, and I know they're having a discussion about whatever, that, you know, that's not how we treat each other, yada, yada. Well, I've eaten, I've cleaned up. It's been about 30 minutes, so I think she's kind of a hard nut to crack. But anyway, um, Anna comes down to me. She's rehearsed her apology, right? So she comes in to me, and she stands here. Aunt LeAngela, I've had a really hard week. (laughs) I've been letting my brother frustrate me, and I let my temper get in the way, and I did not speak kindly. It just went on. She's going to have my job someday. It went on and on and on. And I was like, okay, Anna. And I said, I love you. I forgive you. So I happened to be going back to the kitchen, you know, to do work. Gabriel, who's next for the apology tour, um, he's in the kitchen doing something on the rug, and Anna walks up. She's going to start her speech. Gabriel and he's got his back to her. He turns around. He goes, Stop! Don't say another word. And he hugs her. I love you, Anna. I was blown away because it was that moment when I saw a glimpse of what God's grace is like because Anna, when she came to me, she's bringing her bag. Like, okay, hey, Aunt Angela, this is my stuff. <laughs> and Gabriel was like the Lord. He doesn't need our bag. He loves us anyway. How wide, how deep, how far does the love of Christ go? He can handle anything. We've got in that bag. Lord, help me to be more like Gabriel.